Well, good morning, good day. It's Monday, May the 2nd, and my voice is still waking up. I've got hot coffee, and I'm celebrating a great day that we had yesterday at Emmanuel. If you haven't been able to um, hear yesterday's message yet, I hope you will. I really uh, hope you'll go back into the archive and see, um, as we launch into John 4, we studied Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well. And this passage just really encouraged and, and, and filled my heart this week. And we had a wonderful time at church yesterday. We, right after service, we welcomed, I don't know, 30 or 40 new folks uh, to, our, uh, to our Discover Emmanuel lunch. And we just had a good time. We, we celebrated what God is doing in their lives. And um, it was good. There was a good spirit in church. I'm thankful for it. So the service will air again live tonight at 7 on the Monday Night Rewind. Or you can, of course, go back on YouTube or the live stream. If you go to YouTube or Facebook, I would encourage you to go to the 1030 service. Almost always, um, my message in, at, at 9 is, is uh, contracted at the end because I didn't manage my time well. And, and, you know, knowing how to cut up the time on each of the points, usually I can correct that by 1030 so you get uh, more of the, less, less, but more of the message. Um, so, uh, so yesterday at 1030 was, was the message I would encourage you to watch. Hey, we, I sound worse than I feel. Okay. So don't worry about my voice. <clears throat> I'm just, uh, just waking up my throat this morning and I went out for a bike ride yesterday afternoon. So probably that pollen is in my throat and, uh, and making me sound this way. We are starting a new Psalm today. We just finished Psalm 41 and we're moving now all the way to 47 because we've done 42 through 46 in uh, our previous time together. And so uh, we're moving forward, and uh, I hope you, you'll, you'll join me there right now. Psalm 47, we won't be long today, uh, but when we start a new psalm, we set it up, we kind of get a high view of it, we read through it, and, uh, and then we get our minds meditating on these things. And we're due for this kind of psalm. Now, we've spent several weeks or months just in some dark valleys with David, processing difficult stuff. And, uh, and I hope it, you get the sense that uh, we're just going through the Word of God. You're like, I'm not choosing these at this point unless you email me and tell me I'd like to do this psalm. And there may be a chance we've already done it in the past. But um, basically, I'm just going numerically at this point right through the Word of God, uh, kind of like we're doing John on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and so uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time um, in therapeutic psalms, which hey, that's fine. This is the Word of God. Um, and it's more than therapeutic, but it is therapeutic to go with David through hardship, through trials, through betrayal, through difficulty. Um, but today we get to come out on the other side and we're celebrating with someone, okay? So let me set this up for you in terms of circumstances. We don't really know much about the circumstances, but we know this. This was a psalm written for the people uh, to the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were the musicians. They were the song leaders and uh, the worship leaders at the temple grounds uh, in Jerusalem. So these were the. this was written for public corporate celebration, uh, which is going to tell us something about how God feels about corporate public celebration. But the other thing I want to tell you about this psalm, obviously it follows on the heels of Psalm 46. We've already done Psalm 46, but a lot of scholars believe that Psalm 46 was written right after a huge victory in the days of Hezekiah 
when God defeated Sennacherib. Now, Sennacherib was the king of Assyria who came down into the northern kingdom and overran the entire northern section of this, the nation of Israel and entirely defeated the northern kingdom. It's a very sad story because thousands and thousands and thousands of people were destroyed, Israelites. Some of them were taken away captive. Many of them were just killed. And those that remained uh, were invaded. They were occupied by uh, foreign pagan people. And that invasion came all the way down uh, through Samaria, which we studied yesterday, to the northern borders of, um, of the city of Jerusalem and the region of Judah. It was a terrible invasion and a threatening invasion, but God was not going to allow Sennacherib to have victory over the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, okay? And Hezekiah is reigning at this point. Now, we know the story because God is going to bring Babylon uh, 150 years later uh, or so. He's going to bring Babylon from um, modern-day Iraq across the desert to invade uh, Jerusalem. And the kingdom of Judah is going to be overcome by Babylon, not the Assyrians by Babylon. But uh, So that doesn't happen yet. And God, uh, Hezekiah, you may remember the story, he's terrified, he's fearful. <clears throat> there, there's tens of thousands of, of Assyrian soldiers are on the hills around Jerusalem. They're taunting them. They're, any day now, they're going to invade. And Sennacherib is, is uh, threatening. Hezekiah goes to God, lays out his, his threatening letter from Sennacherib. What do I do? And God basically tells him, don't be afraid. And through Isaiah, tells him, uh, don't be afraid. And one morning, uh, or one night, I should say, God wipes out the whole army. Uh, just with one uh, fell swoop, uh, supernaturally, with his angels, he just destroys them all. They wake up, there's a bunch of dead Assyrians all around uh, Jerusalem. Sennacherib ends up returning to Assyria with his small entourage of bodyguards or whatever, alone, uh, totally defeated, and his sons, goes into the house of his God, and his own sons kill him. So it's a tragic end for Sennacherib, well-deserved, I might add, and it is a massive, miraculous victory for uh, the southern kingdom of Israel under King Hezekiah, who was a God-fearing king. And um, so most scholars believe Psalm 46 is, is written in celebration of that victory, and there's a chance that Psalm 47 might go right along with it. And here's one reason we know, or one connection point. In verse, in chapter 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Um, so verse 10 says, Rest, let me be delivered, de let me deliver you, and I will be exalted. And then Psalm 47 is a psalm of exaltation. So this is a time where God is being exalted. Psalm 47 is the fulfillment of verse 10 of chapter 46. <clears throat> so outside of that conjecture, we really don't know much about this psalm except for it's written for public worship. It is all about God. It, it lifts up, it elevates God, it celebrates God. And um, Jesus said to the woman at the well, we were studying this yesterday. The Father seeks such to worship him. And how? In spirit and in truth. In spirit is, is, is yes, in the spirit of God, but it's, it is uh, 
it is in essence to be energized by that spirit. It is in essence to be filled and to be um, united with that spirit, new birth, and led by that spirit. It is um, it is a celebrative experience, and it is a truth-based um, experience. You know, truth and love, um, truth and spirit is <clears throat> maybe you could say it is experiential and it is also grounded. Okay, uh, it's not mystical, but it is to come into God's presence authentically. <clears throat> it is to celebrate him in truth, to celebrate him with passion. Uh, it is to celebrate him with energy, with authenticity, and to um, to truly be in the presence of God personally, intimately, uh, not going through forms and, and traditions uh, or, uh, or putting on a show of pretense of some kind in, in whatever the the whatever the expression to be, it would be authentic. It would be sincere, and it would be truly saying, "God, I love you, and I thank you, and I worship you, and I celebrate you." <clears throat> so let's read the psalm. There's nine verses. Uh, it all extols, it all exalts God, and I'm happy to send you today into this week, and we'll journey this week through this psalm to send you today into a mountaintop experience with God. And I pray that your circumstances, your journey will match it somehow, or that God will meet you wherever you are, uh, maybe in a valley of discouragement, and lift you spiritually into that mountain place where you can celebrate your God, okay? And we're going to discover here how God wants to be celebrated, all right? So let's read it in verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with a shout of a trump, trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of God, the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. So my friend, this gives us, number one, a variety of commands to do if we want to celebrate God. How does God want to be celebrated? And secondly, it gives us a reason to celebrate him because he is a great king. He is a conquering hero for you and for me today. Hey, thanks for joining me. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. Happy Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow.